It's time for today's travel and cruise industry news. With the latest from travel and cruises around the world, here's your host, Chili Falls. Good morning. Welcome to Travel and Cruise Industry News on this, the 20th day of June 2022. Coming to you from Central Virginia area, Bedford County. Uh, got a fun show this morning, folks. Got a couple news stories. But uh, an interesting guest with us. Today's lead story is CDC reevaluating testing for cruise ships. You know, I've said what I thought about that in the past. Seems like there's going to be some movement along those lines anytime now, maybe today. I'll be we'll to see. This, of course, is Travel and Cruise Industry News for the 20th day of June. Today is National Vanilla Milkshake Day, folks. So you guys know what to do about that one. Go find yourself a vanilla milkshake. Not chocolate now, not strawberry, but vanilla. You got to do it right. Cruise ships sailing today from North American ports. In New York, Manhattan, we've got the Carnival Magic. Down in Charleston, we've got the Carnival Sunshine, Port Canaveral. Carnival Liberty, Independence of the Seas, and the Carnival Freedom. Down in Miami, Freedom of the Seas, Norwegian Sky, Disney Dream, and the Carnival Conquest. Over in Mobile, the Carnival Ecstasy Sails. In Galveston, Grandeur of the Seas, the Carnival Breeze. Out in Long Beach, Los Angeles, Carnival Radiance. In San Pedro, Navigator of the Seas. San Francisco, Carnival Miracle. In Seattle, Quantum of the Seas, uh, and New Amsterdam Land Packages. In Vancouver, Disney Wonder Sales. In Anchorage, Norwegian Jewel Sales, and Land Packages for Radiance of the Seas, Dam, and Majestic Princess all get underway. And Fairbanks, you've got Radiance of the Seas and Majestic Princess land packages starting today. Headlines other than the CDC reevaluating testing for cruise ships, Crown Princess issues persist, and a new ship to be auctioned off, and a whole lot more here live this morning. If you're listening via the podcast, uh, welcome aboard. You can always access the podcast via my blog, which is accessadventure.net, or wherever you get your podcasts from, all the big guys, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music, Spotify, TuneIn, Pandora, Stitcher, all, all the big guys. Just search for travel and cruise industry news, and you should get the old fat travel guy. So... And as always, when you're watching via the uh, podcast, listening via the podcast, if you need to hop over to the uh, video feed for any reason, like today's, we have a special guest, then all you have to do is drop down in the description and there'll be a link to the video feed and you can go over and check out any pictures or clips or videos or whatever. My guest this morning on Chili Chats is a stand-up comic, 
entertainer for P&O Cruises Australia. She's originally from Honolulu, lives in near Adelaide in South Australia. With no further ado, let me introduce the comic extraordinaire, Keyhow Jackson. Keyhow, welcome to Chili Chats. Oh, thank you. Thanks for having me. It's uh, right. it's chilly here too. As a matter of fact, it's winter here, so it's very cold outside. Well, now I did have a message about you today, and so, and which leads to my first question of the, uh, this uh, uh, interview, whatever you want to call it. It seems that Lucy the dog oh. took Lucy the dog for a walk, so. Uh, uh, she could chase uh, kangaroos, and you got cold and cut the walk short, and Lucy the jo- dog is complaining. Is there any truth to that? <laughs> yes, she always, she's, <laughs> she's a Kelpie, and Kelpies are uh, cattle dogs. They're herding dogs, and they're very, um, oh, what should I say? They're very active, and so they need a lot of exercise. So generally, I walk her about five kilometers in the morning, um, during the winter, my husband does it because I can't eat 22 years in uh, almost in this country and I'm still freezing every winter. So during the winter, he takes her during the summer. I'm solar powered. I'm up at six o'clock and we're out the door. But every other time she's at the foot of the bed, like, you know, hurry up, fat girl, put on your shoes. Let's move it six o'clock already. You know, and I'm like, oh, talk to your dad. So um, he had gone to a football game. So I had to take her out and it was so cold. And I just normally so I cut it short and she's like, that's it. That's all. That's it. That's all. You know, she just gets like, oh, I guess we're going to go home now, you know, but she's yeah, she just loves how, the exercise. How cold is it in South Australia? Uh. Let's see. It was. They have a thing here where they don't. They don't say the wind chill factor. They say, "Oh, it's five degrees, but it feels like minus one." I'm like, "Well, then it is minus one if it feels like minus one." Yeah. But it's been really cold, like on some mornings. So that's all centigrade. So you're looking at yeah. maybe in the twenties so or the teens. Yeah, that would be down. Yeah, 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 yeah around that. I, yeah. See, yeah, I'm like cold. you. Yeah. And as cold. I've gotten older, and I tell you, as you get older. Yeah. It gets worse. Yeah, you start wearing socks. I'm doing. I'm doing. My my son goes, "Mom, you just like grandma. You're wearing socks all the time." I'm like, "Yeah, I'm freezing." You know. I know. How did you ever become a stand-up comic on a cruise ship? Well, you know, I started in comedy quite late. Um, Most comics start in their twenties, sometimes in their teens. You know, but I, you know, I always loved stand-up comedy. from the time I was little, I just loved, you know, when you're in Honolulu in the 1950s, you really don't have a lot. There wasn't a lot of comedy, stand-up comedy anyway. And I got all of my comedy fix from the Ed Sullivan show because we would watch it religiously every Sunday, like many families in the U.S. We we saw it every Sunday and it was the best variety show and you always had comedians on. But these were all comics from like the Borscht Belt, and you know, these are all the old Jewish, take my wife, please, you know, you know, all of that. So I grew up watching Alan King and Henny Youngman and, you know, Toadie Fields, and there weren't a lot of women, um, uh, you know, uh, what's her name, was quite young then. Um, so 
this was my introduction to comedy, but I loved comedy. I love, you know, I love all the old comics, the old comedy movies, you know, Abbott and Costello, all of that. Marx Brothers are just my favorites. So I grew up with that, but I didn't have an outlet for it in terms of stand-up comedy. And as I was growing up, my dad was a musician and an entertainer. And so I was around a lot of parties, a lot of musicians, a lot of rehearsals. Um, and so unknowingly, I learned a lot of timing because of that, which timing is something that you can teach people comedy, but timing is very difficult to learn if you don't already have it. So I unknowingly was schooled in a lot of what I needed later on when I became a comic. So, uh, you know, and then, you know, you don't think of it as a career move. You know, I went to a Catholic school, you know, they don't, they don't find humor that funny. Um, and so uh, I, you know, it was just funny around my friends and, you know, all that kind of stuff. And my dad was hilarious. So he would buy me comedy albums and we would sit in the old days, you had to buy an album. You didn't have, you know, HBO to listen to Robin Williams or whatever. So he would buy comedy albums. We would laugh together and whatever. So I had some of that. But then, you know, I got married. I had a job at the school, you know, all that kind of stuff. And then when I got divorced, um, I was raising a child by myself and I was living with my dad. He, he was very ill and helping to take care of him. And one night, um, my dad, my dad had Alzheimer's, right? And that's a 24 hour thing. You're, you're constantly working. One uh, week, my dad had gone to visit my sister in Minneapolis. Um, I think my grand, my uh, nephew was graduating or something. So I always, I sent him off and I was home and I, my son and I, we had nothing to do. And I opened the newspaper for change. We had a break, right? I opened the newspaper. It was my, my 43rd birthday. I opened the newspaper, there was an ad for an open mic night. And I thought, you know, I don't want to be in my rocking chair when I'm 80 thinking, what if I just tried it? The most they can tell me is you're not funny, go home, you know? Yeah. So I thought, well, I'm going to get it out of my system. So I didn't have my dad to take care of. So I trundled down to the open mic. I put together some stories that I told my friends over the years. Um, and I did really well, and I was hooked. I, I was just like, oh, my God, I, I just, this is where I should be. When I was on stage, I thought, I love this. This is what I should be doing. And so after that, I just got together with other local comics, and we started working all over. There was one comedy club, um, and I was asked to to work there. And I, you know, I was, the guy that was running the open mic, let me back up a sec, he was looking for new talent because he was a comic that had made it in – of the mainland US was coming home to raise his kids. And he was doing a show and he said, do you want to be in my show? And I said, no. And he goes, why, what the, what's wrong? I said, because I don't, this is what you saw is everything I have. I don't know anything yet. You know what I mean? And I thought, if I'm going to be in a professional show, I want people to say, well, that was worth the price of the ticket. Not like who the hell is that? So I said, no, let me learn my chops first. Let me get out there and do the hard yards. And so we did, I mean, we, we <laughs> My friends and I, we would perform at like we go to a bar and we go, okay, Tuesday's your bad night. You're nobody there. Let us do a show. We won't charge you. We just need the stage time. And so that's what we did. So we had people doing their taxes in front of us. I mean, nobody cared. You know what I mean? But we learned how to do our craft. And so year, years gone by, I started working in local the local club. I started learning from other comics. And then when I moved to Australia, because my second husband is Australian, I moved to Australia. And there was a much uh, bigger comedy scene here. All the cities had comedy clubs. There was a lot more going on. Um, there weren't that very many women it's still, you know. And so I got into the local club here in Adelaide, South Australia. 
And I began working and I met a lot of comics and some of them were working on cruise ships. And one in particular, my friend Bev Killick, uh, excellent comic, uh, national headliner. She saw me and she said, look, you, you know, you, here's my agent's name. You got to get out. You got to start touring, which I did. And then eventually, because she was working on cruise ships, she recommended me. And long story short, they decided to hire me. Now, the thing about it was that, as you know, you've been on a lot of cruises. The, the ages of cruise people generally, you're looking at people, probably the bulk of them between 40 and 60 years old. That's like a lot of the cruise ship. And there's people older than that. And there's people younger than a lot more younger people are going on cruises. Now they've become a bit more affordable. There's more of a range of product. Um, they're short cruises, the comedy cruises that I do, um, as well as other cruises are short. They're like three nights. So they're affordable for people, younger people, um, and all of that. But when I got on, they were like, Oh, perfect. A woman, a woman older, um, a lot of women are on cruises, a lot of older women on cruises. There was nobody speaking to that audience. So when I got on there and I talked about my kids, my husband, my, my life, um, you know, my body's falling apart, you know, all the stories that we talk to each other about, they, it hit a, it hit a nerve. And so I became quite popular on the cruise ships because I was some people, I was someone that people could look at and go, oh my God, that's me. That's my life. I've done that. Oh my God, my kids are nuts too. Oh my gosh, you know, my, and all of that kind of stuff. And so because people had a chance to identify with me, it became a regular thing. And so I've been working on the cruises since 2015. Of course, we had to take a slight break for the last Just two years. Just a little, little vacation in there. Just a little speed bump on the road. But um, yeah, and so I finally got into that. So I've been doing comedy now since 1993. Um, so what is that like 28 some odd years for me? Um, so yeah, so that's how I got into the cruise thing and I love cruises and I would never have gone on a cruise to be honest. I would never have gone on a cruise before that. It didn't appeal to me and I didn't understand when I got on the cruises, I go, well, I get it. I get why people love cruising so much and people are like, you know, going every month or, you know, three, you know, people are like, oh, this is my 15th cruise. I'm like, you're nuts, you know, but once I was on it, I got it. You know, it's like, it's the best. You can go to all these different places. You don't have to pack, unpack, go to the airport, go to the next hotel, take time. And get, none of that. The, the hotel is moving. You know, you just get off, go to wherever, spend the day, have a great time, come back, ship, go somewhere else. You get out, you know, it was just the best. The food's on, you know, you got everything, all kinds of entertainment, the food, you know, and I thought, well, this is, you know, now I get it. I, I totally get why people love this, you know, so much entertainment, so much choice. You know, it's just, it's just a wonderful vacation. And the price is right for a lot of people, depending on your price, you can find the product. Pandemic hits. Yeah. That shut us all down. You guys, when I say you guys, Australia, worse than we had it here. You, know, you were much later to get restarted than we yeah. were. Yeah. How was it sitting in Australia thinking, those damn Americans and Europeans <laughs> are sailing and I'm not. Yeah. Yeah, we were very, well, you know, we were very disappointed, um, to say the least, you know, um, but, and especially because 
because of the pandemic, the land gigs dried up as well. I mean, there was no place for us to go. I mean, the, the cruises weren't working, but also a lot of the clubs were closed or they were limited in what they could do. And then depending on where you were, like Melbourne, they spent almost a year in lockdown. Uh, it was really bad in Melbourne. And Melbourne is like a, a real hub for, for comedy. So a lot of the clubs there weren't working. Comedians were, I mean, we just were having a, having a difficult time. So as things started loosening up, you get, you had more land gigs and all that, but still not as many to accommodate everybody. So we were really disappointed that the cruises were taking so long. I mean, the cruise companies were, were petitioning the government, like, you know, open it up, all this kind of stuff, but they were very cautious. And so really they've only uh, in the last, I think they started at the end of May, coming back and doing cruises, especially P&O started the, May 31st, do cruises. And I'm telling you, people booked for you know, as far ahead as they could and as many as they could because cruising is really, as you know, cruising is a very popular uh, vacation and uh, entertainment destination for a lot of people. So we were like, well, how come? And our friends who had got, who had left P&O uh, because, you know, they had the work as well. We're all working in Europe and Great Britain and, you know, they, were, they transferred to the U.S. So we have people doing the, you know, doing the Alaska tours and we're like, come back. We want you, you know, let's, we want to work. And so we were so happy. It was like homecoming. You know, I just came off of a comedy cruise and it was just the best. I mean, to have a theater full of people who wanted to be there and you wanted to be there. And it was just magic. It was just so much fun. That looks yes. like 600 people. That 600 were just people in the market. To laugh. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, you need, as you know, humor is very healing and it was so much fun. People just really wanted to get out and about it and laugh again. And it was just yeah. the bomb. It was great. It was wonderful. All right. That, that leads me up to my next question was the Pacific Explorer, you've just come back from a comedy cruise. Right. That was a cruise that had multiple comics. Yes. As opposed to one comic for the cruise. Right. Right. How does that work? Well, the comedy cruises, you've got like five comedians generally, or five acts. Um, and they're only three nights, you know, so they're really great. And we do, and there's shows every night. I mean, the other shows still run, you know, the production shows are still there. The music is still there, you know, all of that. They're, they're still there, all the games, everything is still there. But the comedy cruise is like, for, I'll give you an example. Like the first night we do a late night show that um, I host. So I host uh, this particular cruise I was hosting. I host, there's a, there's a headliner with me. We do one, a late night show the next day. Um, the host generally runs a comedy workshop for the for passengers. It's an hour long workshop. We go over what comedy is like, some tips on stuff, because on the last day we have a comedy gong show for the passengers. So passengers get up and they have three minutes to tell jokes um, or whatever, you know, stories, whatever. And the comics all, all give them scores. And then the winner gets a prizes from the, from the cruise line. Then that afternoon we do uh, in the afternoon we'll do a Q and A session with all the comics. If people think comics are crazy, so and what if you're bizarre? What's what's your life like? What have you done? You know what? What have you? You know who are your favorites? What have you big mistakes or blah blah? So we have an hour long of that. Um, then we have uh, a comedy gala show, which we do two shows on one night. So all of the comics do that one. 
Um, then one, one night we do a late night show with a headliner. And then the, the last night we do the comedy gong show, the Q and A, and then we do a late night show with the last comic on. So we do shows every day and every night for the whole thing. And they're all really well attended because a lot of people book specifically because they know it's a comedy cruise. It's three nights. Um, and you get comedy every single day and every night. So it's a great thing. If well, you like comedy, it's the best. Every cruise that I'm on, whenever I know that there's a comedy show, I'm going to be there. So, yeah. It's, it's, I love, yeah. I've, I've made a living out of making people laugh all my life without oh, actually yeah, being a comedian, you know. But, you know, humor, that's the thing people, people, people have to realize. And I talk about this at the comedy workshop. I say, you know, Humor is welcome everywhere. Everyone and everyone is funny. Everyone has the potential to be a comic. It's just that some people do it as a profession, but many people are just hilarious on their own. And when you go to a party, who do you want to sit next to? The one that's complaining about, oh my God, my back hurts. Or do you want to sit to someone and say, oh my gosh, this is what happened to me at work today. It's hysterical. You know, that's who you want to be with. A storyteller. A storyteller and someone who touches your life. And, you know, most people, they, most people, when you say something funny, they think, oh, my God, that's happened to me. I wish I'd thought to say that. They would have if they thought of it, but they're, ne- they're not trained to do that. And that's what the co- a professional comic is trained, to find the humor in things and translate it to other people so that they see it clearly and can laugh with you. A good joke teller is always welcome <laughs> anywhere, you know, uh, as opposed to the dad joke where you're like, hey, hurry up. It's 15 minutes. Get to the point. You know, so um, on a regular I love, cruise. I love the gong show. Re- revitalizing the gong show that was oh it's it's so much, so much fun. fun back from the original ones you know what's fun about it is that people get to tell their own stories and some people are just so hysterical we've gone up to several people at the comics and go what city do you live in here's an open mic you need to get you need to get that go there and and do this you're really good and other people you just say you know just don't try this again you know you've done it take it off your list go home you know i mean some people are just miserable but the whole idea is that it's a fun thing and people get to participate and you know that's what it's all about really so i i'm fairly regular especially since things finally got going down your way again uh, I've had you as, as stories, you know, Australia as stories a number of times on my new show. But this week, I I had to talk about the couple from, uh, where were they? They were from Brisbane that booked uh, 57, 58 back-to-back cruises, including two world cruises. They're going to be gone on the, on the Coral Princess for 800 days. So, yeah, that's crazy. I mean, I, you know, I sent them a message to try to get them to adopt me, I, you know. <laughs> yeah. Oh, some people, you know, that's the thing. I, when I was in Honolulu, I worked for the visitor industry. And oddly enough, I worked for Abercrombie and Kent, which you probably are familiar with. Oh, yeah. And we serviced the cruise ships when they came in. And little did I know I'd be working on it someday. But we had people that were literally uh, crystal cruises. There's a woman on crystal cruises who literally lived on board. And she was retired and she was like in her 80s. But you know what? There's a medical office and all the food there. You know, you've got people that you've got. You make friends. You know, you see people regularly. The crew knows you. You know, it's a good it's a good retirement venue if you can afford it um, because you've got everything there. And um, there's some people who really 
spend a lot of time on cruises. I've seen people over and over again over my over the last six years. I mean, that you know, they they're there like every month, every couple of weeks, they're on a cruise ship. You know, it's great. Well, I've been I've been lucky this year finally because I had medical issues in the pandemic, which delayed me getting restarted again. But um, I've been on nine cruises already this year. Wow. So wow. I've been yeah been lucky and getting ready to go on two more. Yeah. And I have so uh, fun. They're they're a lot of fun. I think I've got eleven booked. So yeah. But I'm you know, I'm retired now, so I can you know, I can do this without uh, you know right. killing myself. Yeah. And I'm yeah. I'm also solo, so I travel you know, solo as well, which that, that leads to all kinds of issues with them charging double and all that kind of stuff. But all anyway. Right. Right. But it's just terrific. Okay, so tell me what's ahead. You've got a win, oh, Winterfest, com, winter, what's the name of it? Winter Comfest coming yes, up. Yes, a comedy fest coming up in July. Um, I've got a few local uh, club gigs as well, but the comedy fest comes up in July. Um, it's just a two-day comedy festival. And uh, I'm doing one of the days. Um, it's just a comedy show every night, really. It's just a, a variety of comics from around the country coming to do shows. And so that'll be fun because the Adelaide Fringe Festival is just finished. And the Adelaide Fringe Festival is the largest um, arts festival in the Southern Hemisphere. Um, it's huge. I mean, and there's tons of comedy there. And but and it happens every year. So, But it happens to, between March and um February and March. So during the winter, which is winter here now, um, there is no comedy festival. So this fills the gap quite nicely um, among all the other, uh, what, uh, among all the other just general, you know, club shows kind of thing and, and corporate shows and stuff like that. So, yeah. So, yeah. So that's, I'm looking forward to that. I see some people that I don't normally see that come in from other cities. So that's quite good. Do you have any uh, cruise gigs ahead? Um, what's happening with PO is they've got um they're rebuilding their fleet. The fleet is coming back but staggered. So the explorer is in now, it just came home in May. Um then there'll be two other ships. One will come in in August and one will come in in October. So then they'll be at full fleet. Um so they'll be so they haven't booked all of those yet. However, I have been booked for the uh December cruise, a comedy cruise between the Christmas and New Year uh cruises. Um, so like 27, 28, 29, I think I'm doing, or 20, 29, 30, I can't remember. Um, so I'll be doing that one. But in between, we're still waiting for the bookings for the other two ships to come in. So I'm sure I'll be doing something once those get finalized. But yeah, I mean, you know, we all of us that were on this uh, have been on in the June cruises are just dying to, you know, get back, you know, get on. Because at one point before the pandemic, I was literally on a ship three weeks out of four. I'd come home, I'd wash my clothes, repack, and out the door I'd go because it, it was just booming. There were five ships at the time, so we were all good. Plus, you know, we had Carnival was in um, and uh, Princess and all that. So you had a lot of ships to choose from. So you could go to other ships. A lot of, a lot of the um, acts, as you know, travel from ship to ship and, you know, right. company to company. So, you know, we're doing like the short cruises and uh, I think the longest cruise I've done was like, 12, 14 days, something like that, where you do all the Pacific Islands because PO Australia goes to the South Pacific. So, um, you know, Fiji and uh, 
Mimea, uh, a lot of the, you know, all the other smaller islands. Um, and uh, yeah, that was fun. So you'd go on. And as you say, with, you know, you'd always have a comic on board. So you end up doing a 45 minute show instead of the shorter shows you do. Uh, a solo show of 45 minutes uh, at a time. So, you know, you get to, you know, headline your own show in the longer cruises, right? Just purely out of curiosity, when you're, when you're doing a, a, a cruise gig, are you treated like crew or are you treated like a guest? Well, both actually, uh, depending, um, par- prior to the pandemic, we had, sometimes you had, um, guest quarters, guest cabins, and so depending on how the ship is uh, configured. And yeah, and uh, but a lot of times we were, well, we were considered crew. So um, the entertainers were all considered crew. So we worked through the crew office, although we may have uh, cabins uh, in the, with, the, with the passengers. But we, we had to adhere to the crew rules. Um, but the entertainers were a little slightly different beast because we had run of the ship. You still had run of the ship because people see you all the time. So they they want to they invite you to have coffee or they invite you to have dinner with them or you know all that. So we could interact with the with the passengers. Um, so we weren't restri- as restricted as the crew, but we still had to comply with the crew requirements. So, but this year so far. Um, we've been considered passengers, so we didn't have to do that. But they're changing a lot of the protocols, and it's still—I think it's still in a, a state of flux. You know, now that everyone's back, they're they're rearranging things, they're trying to get things organized. So we've been quite lucky because, quite frankly, PO treats us very well, um, and um, we've made so many good friends among crew and passengers. When we came home, it was like homecoming. It was like, oh my God, you know, you see the same people that are stewards or uh, bartenders or whatever. And it's just, and as you know, being on cruises a lot, they know you, they they treat you like family. And, and that's one of the the attractions of, of cruising is that it is, you know, you're together uh, a lot and people are very friendly. And if you're on your own, they make an effort to, you know, uh, include you on things. They know you. Um, the crew is great to be with. So either way, we're, we really are, are treated quite well. Well, I got to just thank you so much for being with me. I do have one kind of personal question, though, that I have to ask. <laughs> now, yes. I realize that you are Hawaiian born. Yes. You've been in Australia for a number of years. You've not picked yeah. up the Australian accent at all. <laughs> um, yeah, well, you know, my friends at home think I have a little, but it's mostly the idioms and stuff that you have to get along. You know, you have to learn how people say things. You know, I mean, th- some things mean different. Uh, some words are different in Australia than they are in the U.S. And so you have to be careful what you say because people look at you like, what do you, you know, what? Um, like the word fanny, you know, is different in Australia than it is in the United States. So you have to be careful. Once I said that, my husband, and I said, why are they laughing at my husband? Because, well, it doesn't mean what you think it means. You know, so I used to have to, especially in the beginning, I used to have to ask my husband, can I say that? Can I say that? You know, so those kinds of things, you know, and because there's a heavy British influence in Australia, um, a lot of uh, Cockney rhyming slang comes in, you know, give me a call on the dog and bone, you know, get get on the dog and bone, which is a telephone, you know, and, you know, I'm going to have a sticky beak, which is I'm going to have a look at something. I'm going to have, you know, you have to, that kind of stuff, you you have to, you learn how to, those idioms you learn. But I I didn't pick up the accent really. And people always go, 
how long have you lived here, Cal? Why are you still calling it gas and not petrol? You know, I mean, there's some things that just die hard, you know, you just can't get rid of. So I have I haven't really, you know, but they understand me. It's English, you know, they understand me. Okay, I just have to thank you so much for giving me the time and let me uh, do a little chatting today. My audience is just absolutely going to love this. It's, no and, and by the way, folks, the reason that this isn't live is there's a 13 and a half hour time difference. And there's just no way that, you know, our, when I'm doing the show live, you know, she's going to be in bed sound asleep. So yeah, we had yeah to, that's the thing. To pre-record yeah. this. So. Yeah. So I would well, encourage anyway. people, if they're thinking of getting a, going on a vacation, going on a holiday, you can do no better than getting on a cruise. I'm telling you, everything's there for you. You have your, there's nightclubs, there's restaurants, there's a variety of things for you to do. It's just the best. And you can meet people. And if you're traveling solo, look for Chili. He's traveling solo. You can sit down and uh, have dinner together. You know, absolutely. just, there's a lot of things, a lot of activities. So you can do no better than to spend your money on that. It's the best. And you know that because you've been on a million of them. So you know how good that, that can be. All right. Well, thank you again for being with me. Thank you. We'll, we'll stay in touch and do this again sometime. Sounds like a plan. Thanks for having Thanks. me. Aloha. Back. Wow. With today's news, right after a break from one of our network sponsors, if they're still with me. All right, on with today's news, folks. The CDC, you know, is uh, they're, they're considering uh, acting on this whole business about uh, pre-cruise testing. Uh, it's being re-evaluated as we speak. They've worked on it all weekend, have not come up with a solution yet. One of the things that bothers me on this whole thing is that I don't know that they're considering how much some of us depend on that pre-cruise testing for our well-being and our, our thinking of going in. Uh, anyway, uh, the CDC says, unlike airplanes and other travel settings, cruise ships are congregate residential settings with high risk of secondary transmission of COVID among passengers and crew. Traveling on a cruise ship involves thousands of people living for multiple days or months for the crew, for instance, within the same setting, eating, sleeping, and participating in activities together in one location. The statement fails to recognize that cruise ships are also more easily controlled environments, able to quickly isolate and track passengers if symptoms or illnesses do appear. The CDC highlights that cruise ships medical facilities are uh, unable to cope with an extreme situation. I'm not sure that seems like they're doing a pretty good job of it to me now. Um, I don't know. I'm just, I have some real mixed feelings about this. I know people want to get rid of the um, 
the ongoing problems with the pre-cruise testing. I'm just not ready to go that far. I really am not. I don't mind doing this. Yeah, that's a pain in the butt, but I don't mind doing it. So, and I really think that option, at least it gives me a lot more confidence in the cruise that I'm getting on uh, that it's going to be safe and healthy. I don't know. Anyway, so they're still reevaluating. Uh, wouldn't be surprised if we don't see something from them today or tomorrow. But that one we'll have to wait and see. All right. Crown Princess has been having some ongoing battles with uh, propulsion issues and generator issues. And they apparently continue, are continuing. Early in May, Crown Princess resumed service. Uh, however, the vessel has been plagued by several issues that have affected our itineraries. Issues most commonly are ongoing engine problems with which affect our maximum speed. Uh, Princess Cruises has known about the issues for several months. The company continues to operate the vessel leading to constant itinerary changes. Uh, the princess has been unable to correct or fix the engine issues. These issues have been causing guests to lose time in port and miss out on key stops along the way. In a letter to guests booked on board the ship for the July 9th sailing, the cruise line advises them of a second itinerary change after the removal of Ketchikan from the itinerary. Please be advised that due to technical restrictions affecting the ship's maximum speed, Crown Princess will now arrive in Juneau at 4 p.m. on Monday, July the 11th, rather than 2.30 p.m. as previously scheduled. The itinerary as it currently stands means Crown Princess will sail from Seattle on July the 9th to arrive in Juneau on the 11th at 4 p.m. The ship will then set sail to Skagway and a call between 6 a.m. and 2.30 p.m. on the 12th. Other calls include Glacier Bay and Ice, Icy Strait Point on the 13th, Victoria, British Columbia on the 15th. Uh, Princess has not made any changes to voyages through August. However, you can expect that happening, folks. And it has to do with the generators, and they can't seem to get it fixed. They are offering a hundred bucks to the guests. I'm not sure that that's enough in the middle of an Alaska cruise when you lose a port and half of another port. I don't know. I wouldn't be real happy about that one. We have one other story this morning, and that's over on the other side of the pond. The Helsinki Shipyard is inviting tenders for the sale of the SH Vega. Originally ordered for Swan Hellenic, the 10,000-ton expedition vessel is in final stages of construction. According to an announcement published by the shipyard's website on the uh, yesterday, 
the vessel, which is being referred to by its construction name of Hull 517, will be delivered to the highest bidder on July the 19th. Helsinki Shipyard uh, seeks to obtain the best fair market value for the vessel and reserves the right to reject any and all bids, the shipyard said in the statement. The vessel is also said to have offered for sale as is, where is, without representation, warranty, or guarantee as to quantity, quality, title, character, condition, size, or kind, or that the same is in condition or fit to be used for the purpose for which it was intended. A sister to the SH Minerva, the 152-guest ship, was supposed to enter service for Swan Hellenic in July. According to the Helsinki shipyard, the expedition vessel was designed with a strong focus on polar areas and feature a PCS ice class uh, notation. It was built under the survey of Lloyd's Register EMEA and completed sea trials in late May. The tender process is taking place online with biddings being submitted by email. The last date for submission of applications is June 24th with the winter set uh, to be revealed, the winter set to be revealed on July the 1st. Bidders are welcome to inspect the vessel to be sold prior to submitting a bid at the Helsinki shipyard. After suffering with sanctions related to the Russian-Ukraine war, Swan Hellenic had revealed plans to acquire the vessel in May. In a statement sent to Cruise Industry News, the operator said it had exercised an option to purchase the ship from a Russian leasing company on March 31st. The 2021-built SH Minerva, which is currently laid up in Uruguay, was also said to be in the process of being acquired. The legal procedure of transferring full ownership of the vessels to Swan Hellenic are now at an advanced stage and due to be completed soon. So this has all got to do with the war over there and Russia. So, not sure I understand all the ins and outs of that one. However, that's what it is. Okay, guys, again, I apologize for the technical issues screw up this morning on my uh, interview with K. Hal Jackson. I will try to get that fixed and up tomorrow with whatever the problem is. Okay, let's jump over to the chat room. Uh, again, I don't know how if we lost everybody. Lizzie's with us, Carol, Hot Air Tom, Cindy. Sonny, Katie, Mike, uh, talking about me being frozen. I stuck in a comment. I'm sorry about the technical issues and then everything locked up. And Jason's with us in Pittsburgh. Hi, Jason. So, uh, okay, so everybody could hear me now. Kenneth's with us. Emily's with us. Hello, all. Okay, so I apologize about the um, live stream now it seems to be working better I regularly post videos on all facets of the travel and cruise industry so if you like to keep up with the latest in cruise ships 
ports of call, cruises themselves, chilly chats, and travel and cruise industry news, just hit the little subscribe button in the lower right-hand corner, hit the bell notification so you'll be notified when a new video is up or we go live. This video was produced by Chili's Cruises.